0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Harris is hot. Will Ritter be the downfall and some historic numbers? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow. On my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So, one of the stories that has kind of been lost in the shuffle here of late, as we've talked about trade deadlines and the Braves picking up series and the division being over and this, that, and the other, is the fact that Michael Harris is red hot. And for all the numbers that Ronnie and Ozzy and, you know, uh, Matt Olson and Riley and everybody is putting up. You know, Don't look now, but Michael Harris is creeping his way back up to what he was last year. Now, let me give you an example. <clears throat> Michael Harris in his last 15 games is 24 50. That's a 400 batting average with a 423 on base, a 660 slugging, and a 1,083 OPS or a 1.03. 083 OPS. He's got a couple of homers, 5 RBI, 8 runs, and for good measure he's stolen a couple of bases. So he's hitting 400 over his last 15 games. And don't look now, but for the season he is um got himself a 3.35 on-base uh percentage and he's now hitting uh 283 on the season. Now, last year he hit 287, sorry, 297 with a 339 on base. He's now up to 283 with a 330 on base. So, all of a sudden, Michael Harris, again, and we've been kind of waiting for this to see what was going to happen. All of a sudden, now he's getting hot and he's getting red hot. And this is what we talk about with this lineup is that it's always something with this lineup. Harris gets red hot. The bottom of the order gets hot. The middle of the order gets hot. The second third of the order gets hot. They get hot. This gets hot. Everything's hot. Hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, 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 right? They have so many guys in this lineup, and we've talked about there are just no easy outs in this lineup. Now, you know, Michael Harris is still, you know, double-digit home runs for the year, will he get to the same numbers that he had last year? Eh, you know, maybe, maybe not. You know, again, 19 homers and 64 RBI. He's certainly not going to get to 30. That's this 64 RBI, but he's got 32 runs driven in. Again, he's got 45, uh, 43, excuse me, runs scored. Still got 11 homers. So you probably figure, okay, if he's getting to 15 homers, 40 something RBI can score 60 runs but he's obviously a plus defender that's what I need out of Michael Harris and he's stealing bases right he's creating havoc on the base paths right he's got 13 steals this year okay he had 20 last year he'll be close to that kind of number so when the season ends by and large he won't have this big fall off or this big sophomore slump where he falls off a cliff his numbers will be pretty right in line with where he was last year. Look, last year was a remarkable year. It was a sensational season. And nobody really kind of saw all that coming. I mean, I know we thought high hopes for Michael Harris, but not sure anybody thought that, okay, he's just going to take over. And again, coming into spring training, now pitchers start to get a book on Michael Harris, right? You start to figure some things out. Well, now he's starting to adjust to that. And now he's starting to, get his groove back. So it's fun to see, look, the future's so bright for Michael Harris. I mean, we don't really have to get into all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, he's one of the best young players in major league baseball, even right now. And now he's long-term with the Braves, terrific center fielder, defensive. I mean, he's made all kinds of, you know, whatever they call, what do they call them? Web gems or, you know, web, web worms or whatever they call them things. He's made all kinds of plays in center field. And again, he's missed some time. I mean, right. I mean, he, he missed some time with the team, you know, this year he was out for a while, but now he's starting to get his groove back and it's a thing of beauty to see. And we talk about that seven, eight and nine part of the lineup and Michael Harris, obviously a part of that because pretty much he's been hitting ninth all year long. And I will talk about this in just a second here about his profile, but, but again, the productivity whether it's Rosario or Ozuna or Arcia or Michael Harris all of the productivity you saw yesterday where they beat the Angels <clears throat> 12 to 5 yesterday afternoon okay 789 were 4 for 10 with 6 runs scored and a couple of RBI for it it's a lot of run production right and Harris has been helping lead that way and I'm going to be very curious to see as pieces and parts move around, Michael Harris, if he gets more consistent and he gets himself to where he's a consistent hitter, is he going to profile as your number two hitter? Can you imagine, and I've talked about this before, I would love to see Ronnie and Michael Harris hit one, two. Ronnie from the right side, Michael Harris from the left. But can you imagine, and and this is, like what we have with Ozzy right now and, and when we had with Dansby. Can you imagine the speed in that lineup? And, and here's the thing. I like Ozzy as a middle-of-the-order hitter because he can produce so many runs. Like, he's such a good run producer for this club. A 30-homer, 100-run, 100-RBI guy. You know, again, he can drive in a lot of runs with Ronnie standing in front of him you know, where he can hit in the two hole and probably still drive in 100 runs, which is what he's on pace to do. But I love the idea of if we had Michael Harris and Ronnie, one, two in our top of the order, can you imagine the speed? Can you imagine the stolen bases and the heck that those two guys could create on the base pass, just looping their way around the bases? And again, we talk about the idea of, scoring from first on a ball hit to the wall, you know, taking extra bases, being able to score from third, you know, on sack flies because again they got themselves in position to stand on third base. You know, with a hit and a steal and this and that. I, the 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 options are endless for this. The possibilities are endless for all of this. So, it's great to see Michael Harris really starting to catch fire now. We've been kind of waiting, got off to a slow start kind of got a little bit of a funk, but then for a period of time, <clears throat> as we were headed toward the middle of the season and, and kind of picking away, you know, he was getting a little bit hotter and, and we saw some blips and bloops and stuff, you know, where he had a couple of good stretches there, but now it feels like he's caught fire. Now, now over this last 15 games, it feels like he's starting to get his groove back and he's starting to get his swing back and he's driving in some, you know, he's hitting some, for some power, you know, he's scoring some runs, he's getting on base, and that's the big thing about, you know, can they get his on-base percentage to where it needs to be? You know, he had 15 points higher last year in his batting average, but right now he's only nine points higher in his on-base. So if he hits 297 at this kind of pace, where he's got 18 walks already, only having, <clears throat> excuse me, 21 walks, and he's striking out less, 58 strikeouts as this year in 310 plate appearances, 107 strikeouts in 414, uh, sorry, 441 plate appearances. So he's striking out less, walking more, and he's most importantly getting on base. And all of that profiles to, hey, this could be a top of the order hitter. But it's been a great run, and we certainly love to see Michael Harris finally getting hot you know, everybody at some point is getting hot in this lineup, right? Every you know, Ronnie's staying hot, but again, everybody in this lineup is caught a hot streak, and that's what makes this lineup so dangerous and so deep and so good. It's the best lineup in Major League Baseball. It may be the best. <clears throat> it may be the Braves' best lineup ever. That's debatable, but again, uh, it it's pretty darn close. If it ain't the best Braves lineup in history. I still point to that 2003 team, but if it ain't the Braves best lineup in history, it darn sure is close. And they're setting all kinds of records and guys are having all kinds of monster numbers and great seasons for this club. It's fun to watch, but good to see Michael Harris really kind of turning the corner and getting on a hot streak right now. All right. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And look, as we're in baseball season and headed down the home stretch, you can certainly bet on MLB as often as you like and, Head to FanDuel to get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. That's right. You bet 20 bucks on FanDuel, and you can get yourself as much as $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. It's $200 you can spend on everything from money lines to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And obviously with FanDuel, it's a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. But more importantly, and this is the most important thing, is that when you win on FanDuel, they pay you instantly. No waiting. They pay you instantly on this. So no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook. So head over today and sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get $200 in bonus bets. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel.com. Slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. So I'm seeing this article <clears throat> excuse me, going around, and it's been in USA Today. It's on AP. I'm seeing it all kinds of different places. And the title of the article is, Ritter is big, quote-unquote, if at quarterback as Falcons set sight on winning season. And they go in to the same old. This, this article is written by Charles Odom, okay, and look, I don't know Charles Odom. I don't know who he is. I don't care really who he is. Okay. And I understand that this is the narrative. You know, they say that um, New Atlanta Falcons linebacker Caden Ellis looks across the line of scrimmage at training camp and sees all the pieces of a balanced, productive offense. Ellis also sees a big if at quarterback, which is the obvious key to success of the offense and the team. Falcons are hoping Desmond Ritter, who has impressed teammates, Coach's management with his poise and command in the second training camp can earn, <clears throat> sorry, can end the team's streak of five straight losing season. Now, by the way, Caden Ellis didn't say anything about an if at quarterback. He talked about how impressed he's been where he he didn't even realize how good of an arm he had, how accurate, how strong his arm was, and all of a sudden. If you read through the article, <clears throat> the narrative of, well, Caden Ellis looks at it as a big if. Oh, he doesn't. He didn't look at it as a big if at all. So that's disingenuous to kind of put it in terms that Caden Ellis doesn't believe in Desmond Ritter. But but besides that, okay, and this is where we are with the national media on, on these things, okay? Yes, does Desmond Ritter have to play well? Yeah. I mean, you want your quarterback to play well. Like, I don't think that if your quarterback stinks out the joint, that you're going to win a lot of football games. But here's the thing, okay? And and we've talked about this before. And this is what everybody keeps missing. Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be MVP-like. Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be great. He has to just be good enough to have some command, to not turn the football over, and to make some good decisions. Because everything is set up for this offense. We know they can run the football. Now they've added the best rookie running back in the draft. We know that their offensive line is good. Chris Lindstrom's the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. Caleb McGeary is one of the best run blocking tackles in the NFL. We know that when they need to have weapons to catch the football, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, John W. Smith, Cordero Patterson, who's part of that run game. We know all of these things. And this is why I say if the Falcons just completely tank, you know, let's say it's four and 13. I'm just arguing, say it's four and thirteen. Okay. I don't think Desmond Ritter will A be the single biggest reason for that. Now, will he be a reason? that they're 4-13, and 13? absolutely. It's it's hard to, if you don't play well at all at quarterback and you're just dreadful, you know, if you're Johnny Manziel-like at quarterback, then you're going to have a bad football team, despite what you can do offensively in, in this and the other, because at some point the, those the defense coordinators will take those guys away. But Ritter doesn't have to be great. Look, if Ritter's great, they're in the Super Bowl, and, and he's the MVP of the league. I've had guys talk about, well, you know, he could be 3,500 yards, 4,000 yards. He could be 25 or sorry, 30, 30, 35 touchdown. If he's 35 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, he's the MVP of the league. He'll be the MVP of the league. So let, let's, let's slow our roll on that end of it. Okay. But uh, this is what this national media can't seem to understand. The weight of the world is not on Desmond Ritter's shoulders, and and if you saw Desmond Ritter, he got better each and every week. And I'm telling you, this kid's a winner. You know, you don't go 43 and six in college at a school like Cincinnati, who played Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, UCLA. You know, you don't go 43 and six in a college schedule like that and you had plenty of really good Power 5 top-tier programs that you played, you don't have that kind of record unless you're a winner. And and everybody keeps missing the boat on this. Ritter doesn't have to be great. He has to be just good enough. There are plenty of weapons around him. And I will tell you, and I'll I'll say this, I'll say it consistently, and I'll say it again. If the Falcons fall off a cliff and they stink, I mean, let's just even say, say there are only six or seven wins again this year. Yeah, that'll be a definite disappointment. But I tell you, I don't think Desmond Ritter will be the number one reason why. I still think that their pass rush and lack thereof will be the biggest detriment to this football team. And if they can't figure out a way to get after the quarterback, nobody's going to be able to cover for five or six seconds. That's what gets lost in all this. As good as their secondary is, you can't have guys running around for five or six seconds covering everybody and think that they're going to hold while there's no pass rush because we don't inf- we don't influence the game at the number one spots on a team at the line of scrimmage. Will Desmond be a part of that if they do tank? Absolutely, they're, they're, because again, you can't you you can't really be bad unless your quarterback is bad. Like you can't have really good quarterback play and your team stinks like that doesn't that's not how the NFL works so again Desmond Ritter won't be the downfall of this team you know again if it is a downfall defense lack thereof lack of pass rush coaching that'll be the other thing mismanagement of roster construction but I don't think that Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy when when they talk about in this article when um Charles Odom talks about, well, it's a big if at quarterback. Yeah, because we haven't seen him. I get that. But you had to have watched, right? More than just the difference between just seeing Desmond Ritter play and really watching him play is the difference in this. And again, I don't think their number one downfall is going to be their quarterback position. In fact, I think that will be a strength. Don't turn the football over be efficient, make good decisions in the red zone, help to be a 67% team in the red zone, and we'll be where we need to be. We'll be in good shape. We'll win plenty of football games. But try telling Charles Odom and different pundits across America what that very concept is. All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard, make sure you go in to whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everydayers and We want to hear from you. Let us know that you're an everyday or five days a week listening into the program on whatever platform that you subscribe to. So uh, we were talking about Michael Harris earlier. Ronald Acuna Jr. is putting up some historic numbers um, this season for the Atlanta Braves. And every time we kind of turn around, you know, there's some other milestone that it feels like Ronnie's about to hit. So he's one steal away because he's got right now 25 homers, 51 steals, which leads the National League, um, 486 plate appearances, by the way, too, 97 runs. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. 25 homers, 64 RBI. And as I said, the, the 51 steals, 335, 420, and 582 with a 1,000-plus OPS. It's such a runaway in the MVP race in the National League, like, it's early August, and both leagues are already the MVP, have the MVP winners. Otani's winning the MVP in the American League. And Ronnie, I don't, unless you tell me Ronnie breaks his leg again, God forbid, but I'm not saying. Short of that, he's the MVP of the league. Now, here's a fun little stat, okay? Ronald Acuna, with one more steal, becomes the first player since 1990, to have 25 homers and 52 steals. The last two times it happened, 1990, Ricky Henderson and Barry Bonds. That's pretty good company to be in. First ballot Hall of Famer, probably should have been a unanimous Hall of Famer and Ricky Henderson and a guy who's the best left fielder in the history of baseball. That's pretty good company to be in the home run King and everything else along with it. And miss me with the whole home run King thing. We get in that argument some other time, but Ronnie is having a magical year. Everything has come together. I don't think that there's going to be any scenario where he's a, not the MVP of the league. And I still think he's going to be a gold glove winner. His first gold glove. He's going to lead the league in runs scored. By the way, he's on pace for, I believe it's 144 runs. That's an absurd amount of runs. That's Ruthian. That's Gehrig. That's those. That's those guys who played in the 1930s type of levels of numbers. So again, it's a runaway. It's a runaway race right now. In fact, I'll be honest with you. Legitimately, who's number two? Seriously, is it Freddie Freeman? Is it Mookie Betts? Like literally. I don't think that there's even a number, I don't think there's even a clear-cut number two, forget, forget somebody overtaking Ronnie. I don't even think that there's a, a consensus on who's the second best player or the second vote getter in the MVP race. You know, Betson Freeman will probably split that some, but again, those guys aren't even in the stratosphere that Ronald Acuna is. They're not even in the stratosphere of where he's at right now and as mike trout has been hurt and i and i know otani is a freak of nature okay but you really mean to tell me that there's a better player in baseball than ronald acuna jr with where he hits with what he does with his fielding you mean to tell me that there's a better player in baseball today right now i'm not talking about over the last six years I'm not talking about over the last three years. I'm talking about right now today. How would you not start your franchise with Ronald Acuna Jr.? How would you not start your franchise with him? And he's taken full advantage of the rules now and showing off his game. Not just the power. We knew all that. But now he's getting the stolen bases cranked up as the rules have changed and allowed for more things he's again he's 51 to 9 stolen base to caught stealing as long as you're at least two to one you know let's say 20 20 uh, stolen bases to 10 caught stealing as long as you're two to one steals to caught stealing you're not costing your team if you get anything other than two to one you're costing your team's runs and that's been documented by the sabermetric or Uh, the analytical or the metrosexual people that, you know, do these stats and things like that. But anything less than two to one is costing your team runs. So the fact that he's 51 to nine, you know, almost five to one or more than five to one, as far as steals to caught stealing, it's been a remarkable number. And he's taken full advantage of the rules. He's healthy now, more importantly. And now he's just kind of showing you I'm the best player in baseball. There's really not much argument for this right now. And it's fun to see that he's going to become the first guy since 1990 to have 25 homers and 52 steals. And again, every time we keep going along week by week by week, there is some new milestone that we're seeing. Right. Couple of couple of weeks or a week or two ago. It was he's the first guy since Hanley Ramirez to have 20 homers and 50 steals. Well, now he's about to have. 25 homers and 52 steals. That's the first time it's happened since 1990. We're going we're gonna to put all kinds of historic records on display with the season that Ronald Acuna Jr. is having. It's exciting to see, but he is the clear-cut runaway winner. If he isn't the best player in baseball, I don't know who is. And, I, and that includes Otani. Otani's a freak of nature. Ronnie is something special. Ronnie is one of a kind. And, and he deserves everything he's getting right now as the MVP of the league. If he's not unanimous, then everybody should have their vote. Anybody who voted for anybody other than Ronald Acuna, if somebody voted for somebody to be the MVP besides Ronald Acuna on their ballot, that person should be fired. They should be barred from Major League Baseball. They should be barred from ever attending as a fan at Major League Baseball. That's how stupid this whole thing would be. All right, well, thank you so much for making hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and, and whatever podcast platform that you listen on, let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So let us know that you're listening in five days a week. We call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. You can check us out for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow to wrap up the week. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.